0: Everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Crawley, and we are going to start with the big data dump yesterday from the Census Bureau that looked at housing starts for August. And surprisingly, they have not been good for the last couple of months in August they were up. Month over month, housing starts jumped 3.9% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.6 million, which is up 17.4% when you compare it to August 2020. But here's the one downside. The big stat, the one that everyone cares about, especially right now, because this is the hottest property. This is the one that's in demand, single family. And single family housing starts We're actually down 2.8% from July, even though they were up 5.2% when compared to the same time a year ago. So, like I said, it's good news that housing starts were better than we thought, but the one category, the major category, the popular category, was actually down from July. So, that's kind of mixed When you look at it from that perspective, now, regionally, the Northeast saw the biggest jump month over month increase with regards to housing starts for single families. The Northeast was up 53.4%. I don't know why the jump. Uh, The South was up 2.5%. The Midwest was actually down 12.5% and the West was down 20.5%. Now, with regards to building permits, like housing starts, they were also up in August and they did beat expectations. Month over month, building permits jumped 6% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.7 million and were up 13.5% when compared to August 2020. So for the most part, good news. And that continued into housing completions that were up 4.5% from July and were up 9.4% compared to the same time one year ago. But the data was also the same for uh, completions and permits. Housing starts, or I should say single family, when you look at each of those categories, single family underperformed the overall data, which is a problem because that's the one property, like I've been saying, that is in demand. And it probably explains why the other big data dump that we saw yesterday from CoreLogic, looking at single family rents, skyrocketing in the month of July. In fact, a 16 and a half year high. That according to the CoreLogic single family rent index. Month over month, single family rents were up one percentage point from July to 8.5% year over year. Now that's a big jump month to month. Single family rents jumped 6.8 percentage points when compared to August 2020. So we're talking about big time jumps here. We're not seeing a lot of housing starts. We're not seeing a lot of permits. We're not seeing a lot of completions. We know how hot the housing market is, which means the people who are getting priced out of the housing market are having to go to the rental markets, and now you're seeing the results of those actions. Rents are skyrocketing, but here is... I guess the silver lining that you could look into this, because when you're talking about housing, the big concern that policymakers have and just we have a society is that are there people who are not going to be able to find somewhere to live? They can't buy something and they can't rent something. And we know we know homelessness, for the most part, isn't really a supply and demand issue. There's other factors that are involved, but we don't want to see a situation where people are unsure of where they're going to be living, where they're not going to have housing security. But so here's the good news is that when it comes to the prices of rental units, the more high priced ones saw the biggest appreciation year over year and lower price, the lower price tier actually saw less appreciation. So it's still not great, but it's a silver lining if you're looking for one in this report. The highest price level was up 8.1 percentage points year over year to 9.8%. In July 2021, the middle, or I should say the high middle price level was up 6.3 percentage points to 8%. Now, the lower middle price level was up 5.6 percentage points to 7.2%, and the lowest price level was up 3.5 percentage points to 5.9%. So unfortunately... At the bottom level, you're still seeing almost 6% appreciation for rents year over year, but it's not almost 10% like you're seeing at the highest level. So if you're looking for a silver lining, as I said, that's the only one that is available. Now, when you're looking at individual markets, just insanity. When you're looking at the highest appreciation year over year, Phoenix Year-over-year increase, single-family rents in July 2021 was up 18.9%. Miami came in at number two at 17%, and Las Vegas gained 14.3%. In fact, there's only one major area in the country that was actually negative year-over-year, and that was Boston. I think it was down 0.6%. So if you're looking for someone whose rents may be somewhat... More affordable. <laughs> Boston is the only place where you actually year over year saw a decline, but rents are rising. We knew this was going to happen. People have been priced out of the housing market. They now have to go to the rental market. And like I said, looking at construction numbers, single family is underperforming. This is going to create a lot of demand and supply remaining somewhat stagnant, at least for now. And that's going to create higher prices to buy and higher prices to rent, unfortunately. And the only thing that's going to solve it, more supply. Plain and simple. In fact, there was a, if you go to the Goodreads section of the morning email, uh, there was a good piece by Gary Painter over at Barron's.com in which he argued that that's one of the ways that Biden's going to have to create or get us out of this uh, housing affordability crisis. The only way to get out of it, more supply plain and simple. Make it easier for builders to build, incentivize them to build. That's how you solve this problem. And I will say it is good to see that this is kind of reaching across the aisle. This is one of those issues where you're hearing both Democrats and Republicans saying the same thing. They're saying, we got to build, we need more supply. That's how you solve this problem. Uh, Now, I do want to close by talking about kind of a funny article that I saw in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. Uh, Nicole Friedman wrote about a new startup or a few startups that are trying to, I guess, speed up the mortgage process in a way, it's really about helping buyers out there who are trying to buy a home and they're getting beat out by all cash offers. It's these, that's what they do. These new startups provide cash to people who don't have the cash to buy a home. Now, I know what you're thinking, it's what I thought. I said, wait, you mean a mortgage? (laughs) Like, isn't that what a mortgage is? Someone can't afford to buy a home, you go to someone like myself, And say, hey, I need to borrow money. We make sure that you're able to borrow. And then we give you the money to go buy the home. So what's the difference here? Well, this gives them cash. And so they can technically make a cash offer. And we know that right now, I mean, I guess always you can argue cash is king. But right now, it's the king of the world is the way I would look at it. Because... There's so many offers. It is a seller's market and sellers are looking for cash offers. If you have a cash offer, you have the golden ticket, you're getting the rose, you get to move to the next step. And so people... Who are coming, you know, showing up and saying, well, I'm pre-approved or I have this mortgage, especially certain kinds of mortgage. We've talked about some of the discrimination that veterans and soldiers face. People are worried about VAs and are they going to be able to close and other kinds of financing. And so you see a cash offer, you say, that's what I want. So these startups are trying to level the playing field. These new startups are. Um, Basically, what uh, Freeman writes, quote, some of these companies front buyers the cash to buy their home outright while others buy houses directly on a buyer's behalf and then sell them to the buyer once they get a traditional mortgage. Now, these programs seem to appeal to homeowners who need to buy a house before selling their current one. Now, here's the problem, and it's kind of a big one. Uh, Freeman writes, if a home buyer's financing falls through, the company could end up owning the home, and then they have to resell it. And that's one of the things I don't understand about these startups, what are the long-term prospects? Because it does seem like, yes, is there a market right now? Absolutely. it's a seller's market, people want all cash offers, but it's not going to be a seller's market forever. Eventually, that's going to go away. And so then what happens to these companies? Because it seems like all they're offering is a bridge loan, which is something that a lot of mortgage companies offer. And so why would you just not go that route? And so what I think is going to end up happening is if people who, for whatever reason, don't want to go the traditional mortgage route. I mean, there's, there's always been that sort of hard money lender that's been available, but I think that these startups are going to end up seeing people who aren't going the mortgage route for some reason. And if they're rushing into a purchase going, oh, this guy looks like he's good. I mean, that's the reason why we have the mortgage process and why it does take a certain amount of time. We're trying to make sure... The person is able to pay back the loan and that takes some time. You have to verify things. That's what caused, of course, 2008. We want the verification. What's good that it takes a while to verify because we are verifying. And it seems like if they're going kind of around that saying, oh, we just we're going to trust them and we're going to give them the money. Someone's going to lose in this. (laughs) It's either going to be the company. It's going to be the person borrowing. It's going to be the seller. I don't know who but it just sounds like a recipe for disaster. And I do think it's kind of funny because a couple months ago, I remember there was this big hoopla. Actually, I guess it was maybe four or five months ago. There was all this hoopla around, I think it was Spotify had announced they were gonna start doing live podcasts. And everyone on Twitter was like, you mean radio? (laughs) They're like, we're going to do live podcasts. Isn't that amazing? And everyone said, yeah, you guys just invented radio. That's been around for a while. And I kind of feel like these startups are like, it's so amazing, right? Like someone wants to buy a home and we're going to give them the money to buy that home. And then they're going to be able to buy it. And then they're going to pay us back. And it's like, you mean a mortgage (laughs) Like, you guys are acting like you invented mortgages. Let's. Calm down. You did not uh, invent the wheel here. It already exists. In fact, it's existed for a while. So I don't know. I'm a little skeptical of exactly who is their target market once the housing market kind of calms down. Because it seems like a lot of the customers, they're already products for what they're promising to deliver. Like I said, the bridge loans those already exist. Or if you can't get a traditional mortgage, like I said, there are hard money lenders out there. And usually the reason people don't go to them is because the terms aren't favorable. And there's a lot of reasons why that is. And so how are they going to be able to offer competitive terms to people who, for whatever reason, don't qualify for a mortgage? I don't know. I'm going to keep an eye on it. But (laughs) am I worried about the mortgage industry? Is this going to take over? uh i'm gonna guess not i I hope i'm not pulling a paul krugman here and i'm like oh this is gonna have no impact like the fax machine the internet so let's hope i'm not making a paul krugman-esque mistake here all right we got to go we got a busy day just so you guys know busy day today mortgage demand we got that info dropping at 7 a.m and then we have existing home sales data that's coming out at 10 a.m and then later in the day We got the uh, Fed's interest rate decision at 2 p.m. What's Powell going to say to kind of calm down the markets? Everyone's worried about China. So it's a big day. No doubt about that. And I'm going to let you guys get to it. I'm going to go. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. I'll see you back here Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.